0: If you've been looking for a happy place, you have found it. this is Live Happy Now. Thanks again for making us a part of your day. I'm Jr. Houston, the host of Live Happy Now, the podcast dedicated to helping you find true happiness through positive psychology, relatable stories, and a little bit of fun that you can apply to your daily life. You can find us on newsstands everywhere in the form of Live Happy Magazine. You can also find us online, livehappy.com and livehappynow.com. And we want you to uh, check out our partner while you're online. They are Life Reimagined, their website, lifereimagined.org, with a ton of resources processes you can go through to help you discover your true happiness. You know, they say, as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So, what's next? Find out at lifereimagined.org. Joined uh, by our COO, co-founder, Deborah Heiss. Again, we're very excited about our guest today, Deborah. It's Michelle Geelan. And uh, she does all kinds of things. She's an expert on the science of positive communication and how to fuel a success with it. She founded the Institute for Applied Positive Research and works with companies and schools to raise employee engagement, productivity, and happiness at work.
1: Michelle's also a regular columnist in Live Happy Magazine, for those of you who don't know, along with her uh, husband, Sean. She's been a columnist since we launched the magazine. She is also a mother of a wonderful son, Leo, and we're so happy to have her on today. How are you doing, Michelle?
2: I'm great. I'm so happy to be here with you guys
1: today. We're, we're excited to have you, and I'm excited to have a brand new, fresh off the press hard copy of your new book, Broadcasting Happiness. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell us about tell us about the book. Tell us
2: about how it came about. Tell us about what do you want us to know. Originally, I was a national anchor at CBS News, and feeling so blessed to be there to have that opportunity to affect hopefully positive change in the world through the stories we were telling. The only thing is that I quickly saw how the newscasts were filled with lots of negative stories, as I know so many people see. Um, Everyone I talk to says, oh, the news is so negative. Um, And so what I became highly interested in was how can we tell negative stories, whether it be on the news or in our lives, because negative stuff happens to us, in a way that is more productive, that creates positive change in other people and helps fuel everyone to take positive steps and uh, to overcome the challenges. So I actually left my job at CVS. People thought I was completely crazy. (laughs) And I went to go study at the University of Pennsylvania positive psychology. While there, though, I had an epiphany, which was that this power that broadcasters have or celebrities or professional athletes to influence other people, it's actually the power that we all have because we're all broadcasters. We're all constantly broadcasting information to other people and the messages we choose to broadcast, whether we do it verbally or non-verbally, consciously or unconsciously, transform how other people experience the world and the research is showing that those messages can either paralyze people or activate them to create positive change. So, you
1: say that we're all broadcasters, so what do you mean by that? In what, in what way are we broadcasters?
2: So as parents, as managers, as teachers, as friends, we're always broadcasting messages to other people like, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. Versus we can, positive messages, fueling messages, which can be, we're gonna get through this together or I'm so grateful to be here, those little choices each and every moment of our day can add up to uh, measurable success outcomes. So when we just make small shifts to the way we communicate as parents to our kids about stresses and challenges that they're facing on the playground to managers at work who are presenting new projects or celebrating wins, by making those small shifts to the way we communicate, we fuel success in other people as well as in our own lives.
1: That does sound like it would make a huge difference in, in your life to be able to be more positive and to be a more positive broadcaster. What, what's some ways that we can
2: take action on that? How, how can I deploy that in my own life? So in my book, Broadcasting Happiness, I lay out seven strategies. These are easy things to do that we've seen in the research have a big ripple effect. Um, the, the, my favorite one is the first one that I talk about, which is something called the power lead. It's where you take the lead in a conversation and start it in a positive place. All of these strategies focus on how to get your mindset to positive, to continually make that choice, and then influence other people to get them to positive as well. So the power lead is where we start off conversations, emails, and other interactions with something positive. So if someone were to ask you, hey, how are you? By answering, and this is all too common, I'm tired or I'm stressed. Uh, That puts the other person, it it focuses their mindset on a stress or a negative. So either they meet you with something about their life that's negative, or they offer you compassion. If we can flip that around and instead take a positive lead on a conversation by offering up something small and meaningful, that transforms the trajectory and the outcome of the interaction. So it could just be something simple like, hey, how are you? You know, I'm doing great. I had breakfast with my son this morning, and he was being so funny. That little window into our world about what we find meaningful, it deepens social connection, it, it transforms how uh, other people see us, and it also fuels every single business and educational outcome that we know how to track, including intelligence, profitability, and a level overall levels of stress.
0: So I, I get what you're saying about the, the broadcasting happiness and, and, and projecting this positive image or, or positive outlook onto people. But what do you do that with the people, and I'm sure everybody listening has this person in their life, what do you do with the person who is just constantly negative anyway? No matter what you do, they're going to come at you with, with negativity.
2: Well, I think first and foremost, it is really important to understand that the people who are being highly expressive of their negativity, are actually having a very negative effect on our own mindset if we let them. We've seen that if we are exposed to even nonverbal expressions of negativity or stress or anxiety, like sighing or you know facial expressions that show how displeased somebody is, uh, that actually can impact us down to our telomeres, which are you know parts of our, our cells or DNA that has influence our, our lifespan. So negative people can shorten our lifespan if we are repeatedly exposed to them. Now, that being said, the first conclusion people might take from that is, well, then I need to cut negative people out of my life, right? Certainly my conclusion. The reality is that social connection is in the research the greatest predictor we have of happiness, long-term happiness. So we don't have to have a lot of friends, but just a handful of deep, meaningful connection with other people. So we don't want to go cutting out people out of our lives. What we want to do instead is have what I call a, this a three-part strategy called the strategic retreat. And normally we think of when we're dealing with, uh, you know, in wars, if you, have, if you retreat, you're cowardly. A strategic retreat with negative people is the smartest thing you can do. Three parts are retreat, regroup, and re-enter. When someone's being negative and the situation is not allowing for positive communication to exist there, maybe there's too many negative voices in the room or that person's fired up, whatever the situation is, if you're feeling like this is not the right moment to really fully communicate with that person, take a retreat and get away from them for a while. Then you're going to be continually impacted by the negative person if you don't bolster your own positive resources. The way we do that is by doing so many of the positive habits that are featured in Live Happy magazine. Writing three new and unique things that you're grateful for each day for a period of 10, 21 days. Journaling for just two minutes a day about a, a meaningful moment. Um, uh, taking a positive picture of something meaningful in your life, one a day for a period of three weeks and perhaps thinking about printing those out and putting them up at your cubicle or in an area when you first walk into your house. Those. Small things can sound like tips or tricks, but what they end up doing is they they transform the way our brain experiences its reality because they show us the meaningful moments and the meaningful connections that we have in life. The more we can bolster our positive resources, the less of a negative effect that person can have on us. And then lastly, plan a reentry plan. You wouldn't show up to war, to battle in your bathing suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like uh, with, like that, when you're dealing with a negative person, um, have the plan of how you're going to effectively communicate with them. If it's someone at the office, and you know you need some information for them, get the two-minute drill down. Go in, say something nice, get your information, ask them the question, say one more nice thing, and get out. Don't sit in their office, don't close the door, don't belabor and, you know, spend too much time. Just just get what you need and get out. And what that ends up ha- ends up happening from that is that hopefully you're able to establish a pattern of positive interactions where that person is not negatively affecting you as much and in turn you're also positively influencing them as well. Um, and, and I think that that's what this re- why this, I'm so excited about this research overall, is that we're seeing now this compelling body of research that shows how influential we are over how other people experience their reality. It's just about taking those steps to transform the communication you have with them, and when doing so, that produces results. So,
1: so it's not just about limiting your exposure to people who are negative, It is about, although that's part of it, but it's also about the reality that you, by being positive, can positively impact the negative person, even though you've limited their negativity's effect on you. Is that kind of a layman's way to phrase uh, some of what you just
2: said? Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, we um, we we have the power to influence other people, but the first and best way we can do that is by modeling the behavior ourselves when we are continually modeling the choice to not only choose happiness, choose a positive outlook in the moment, but also be expressive of that to other people, we're showing other people, reminding them that there is that choice, and also giving them license to express the positive things going on in their lives. We're rewriting the social script of our interactions around the, the table in the meeting room or in the hallways at school, People um, people will respond in kind, but it's, it's first about us showing up and stepping up and being our best selves. You know, um, I actually have a
1: personal story that I think relates to this really well, which is I always get complimented because my children say please and thank you. And I have parents go, why do your children always say please and thank you? How'd you get them to do that? And I realize in our home, we always say please and thank you for to each other. Even if it's, if it's would you please hand me the ketchup? Thank you very much it's that modeling that gets picked up and I'm not spending a lot of time with it for my children but at least they pick it up and I think what you're talking about is very similar if you always come up with a positive attitude towards someone it's very it becomes more difficult over time for them not to pick up on that and reflect negativity back to you.
2: That's a phenomenal example because there they're seeing not only is this behavior expected on some level, right, but in a positive way, um, but also it is valued. And I think that is the key to transforming thoughts and behaviors that other people have. One thing I love, uh, you know, I've, I've been so fortunate to collect so many ideas from people who have put this research into practice and as far from parents one that i absolutely love that i feature in the book is instead of when we start dinner saying oh so how was school today and you get the i'm sure you've seen this the requisite fine you know and they not you yeah. anything interesting <laughs> great <laughs> it was good instead of doing that it might not just start say what was the best part of school today Why that is so great is that not only are you going to learn something about their life that excites them, right, because they're going to tell you what made them happy that day, a fun experience, but also that's actually training their brain to continually be looking, scanning their world for those positive, meaningful moments. So the next day or the day after when something good happens, they're going to catalog it and remember it because they know you'll be asking about it at dinner that night.
1: As an editorial director of Live Happy, I get the opportunity to speak to a lot of people. And one of the questions I always get, and I I know from talking to you in the past that you get this question a lot too, is how do you avoid the negative? Um, You know, you came from the new, your background's in news, which is nothing but if it bleeds, it leads. How do you keep that negative out of your mind? How do you... Focus on the positive when, they're, when we're just being barraged with the negative information all the time.
2: One of the um, pieces that I added into the book, kind of at the final hour, but I was, I was so compelled by the research that I was seeing, that it, it's something called the Journalist Manifesto, and it's this research-based case for transforming news coverage. I think, though, that the strategies that I talk about in that document actually work beautifully for our, our own lives. Negative things are are going to continually befall us, unfortunately. It's just part of life, and that's okay. You know, I mean, obviously we don't want to wish negative experiences on anybody, but when we're in the midst of them, what's important is to initially mourn the the experience or, or acknowledge the emotions, the negative emotions that we're experiencing, but as quickly as we can and as continually as we can move our brain into a state where we're focusing on the solution the things that we can do to overcome that challenge. Um, And so while I would love to see media as a whole adopt this solutions-focused reporting, um, in the meantime, I'm very optimistic about us as individuals, as parents, as managers, as organizations being able to continually refocus back on what can we do about this challenge, what can we do about this negative event, what can we do about this negative person in a way that motivates us to take positive action
0: what you're saying is it's not shutting out the negative but figuring out a way to react positively uh, going forward from those negative moments correct
2: that's right so in the news i think that there's uh, there's always going to be stories that are negative with very little that we can do about it isis is a perfect example the average american can't go overseas and fight them but we can we can in our in our thoughts and our actions be supportive of the people that are handling the situation but other than that there's little we can do there are a whole host of other stories that we can actually do something about so if there's lack of clean water in a third world country can we donate can we build awareness can we raise money what you know, there are a million steps that we could potentially take to help resolve that situation and I think that that second activated approach is, is where we find true high levels of success, and the same goes for our own lives. If we're constantly being faced with negative situations at work that we can do little about, that continually tells us that our behavior doesn't matter. The definition of optimism is believing that events, negative events are temporary and local, meaning they only affect one domain of life, and most importantly, that our behavior matters. We expect good things to happen, and we can apply our behavior and do certain things to move forward. Um, when we are met with constant messages that our behavior doesn't matter, there's nothing we can do. That's actually, a, it's a gateway to depression because that's learned helplessness. But also, it that kind of thinking seeps into other areas of our life, and it seeps into our conversations with our kids when they're facing challenges, it transforms, I think, not only how we view the world and our and our part within it, but also the messages that we communicate to other people.
1: So essentially, focus on what you can do, not just on what how you feel or how it makes you feel.
0: Yeah, how you can take action on it.
2: Yeah, actually figure out how you can take action. Is that what you're promoting? Absolutely, because what I find interesting is that the opposite of happiness is not actually unhappiness, which is sometimes we think that, oh, well, I'm unhappy, so I'm not happy I'm, I'm unhappy, but it's actually apathy, because ha- unhappiness can be really powerful in in telling us something's wrong, and I need to assess the situation and, and hopefully do something about it apathy means we just sort of don't care anymore, and that is one of the markers of depression um, so unhappiness can motivate us to make great changes in this world, it's what has led us to, to transform our country and transform our families and um, so it's but it's all about focusing on what can we do we need to take a realistic assessment of the present moment while in the midst believing our behavior matters and then through our words and messages to other people communicate that mindset in a way that sparks positive change in them and in ourselves
1: well what would you like our listeners to take away for uh, from Broadcasting Happiness? What is the one thing you would like to see them do in their own lives besides read the book? And if you haven't had a chance to read the book, go on our website, livehappynow.com. There's a link where you can buy the book. You guys should really check it out. Um, I've read it. It's a phenomenal book. I got a, a preview copy and the hardback just came out. But Michelle, what's the one thing you would want people to take away um, from, from your message?
2: The most important thing is to realize our power as positive broadcasters, to see the influence that we can have over other people. In the book, in chapter one, we look at how uh, our mindset influences outcomes, with business and educational outcomes in particular. And there are three main components that are of our mindset that are incredibly predictive of our success. How optimistic we are, and so that includes how much we believe our behavior matters whether we view stress as a challenge or a threat, and how deeply connected we are to other people, so our levels of support provision, how when someone's falling behind on their work at, at, at your office, how likely are you to step in? When your child needs a listening ear, how likely are you to be there for them? Those three things taken together at work account for 75% of our long-term successes, and we see the same kinds of numbers echoed in our families as well. So. When we can communicate that empowered, activated mindset to others, we have the power that that I, I think we often forget to transform other people, transform their belief that their behavior matters, put them in a more positive place, and in turn fuel them so that they know that they can achieve everything they've always hoped of achieving.
1: Well, you've kindly offered um, our listeners access to your success scale assessment, which evaluates these three things for themselves. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're curious how you score on those three metrics, I encourage you to um, you know jump online and check out the success scale assessment. It's, a, it's very easy. It's 30 questions. It literally takes three minutes. And you get a... Um, an interpretive report to understand where you fall in the scoring and what it means and most importantly, what you can do about it. What I'm so thrilled about is that with these three metrics, where you start is not the end of the story. You can absolutely um, uh, raise your scores and practice those positive habits in a a way that uh, makes you even more powerful as a positive broadcaster.
1: Well, I know that uh, some of the statistics from your book are just amazing. Um, you know how the how these small shifts that people can make can result in thirty-one percent higher productivity, twenty-five uh, percent better performance ratings, and you know thirty-seven percent higher sales. These are these are amazing numbers that attribute to business. But my favorite one is twenty-three percent lower levels of stress. <laughs> <laughs> but I encourage everyone uh, To go to Live Happy Now There's a link there For the success scale assessment Take it Find out what you can do In your own life uh, Begin your journey To becoming a, uh, a happier person And, and a, a, a more positive broadcaster Because we all want to be Broadcasting happiness Michelle, thank you so much For being with us On Live Happy Now You are one of my favorite people And I'm so happy To get to talk to you today Thank you so much thank For your time
2: you. Thank you so much. Ceilings mutual. Thank you to both
0: of you. Thanks again, Michelle. And if you would like to uh, take the success scale assessment that uh, Deborah just mentioned there, uh, you can go to our website, livehappynow.com, and then we've got the link to Michelle's page off of that one. And then you can get a code. This will uh, give it to you for free. The code is Live Happy. And you can take that uh, success scale assessment. And while you're online, feel free to share anything positive that you took away from our conversation here with Michelle. You can uh, share it on your Facebook or Twitter. Use the hashtag Live Happy Now. You can uh, reach out to us as well. Let us know what's working for you on Twitter at Live Happy on Facebook.com slash Live Happy on Instagram. My Live Happy. You can even email us, podcast at livehappy.com. So many ways that you can add your voice to the conversation around happiness. For Michelle Geelan, for Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston. Thank you so much for tuning in. we we'll look forward to seeing you next time. And remember to always live happy.